good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the American Age Podcast. This is C. Travis Webb, editor of the American Age, and I am speaking to you from Southern California. Hi, this is Stephen G. Fullwood, and I am the co-founder of the Nomadic Archivist Project, and I'm coming to you from Harlem, and it's about 30, 35 degrees here, and I have a cold, If you, I'm sure you can hear it. Hi, my name is Seth Rodney. I'm an editor, a senior editor, actually, at Hyperallergic, and a recent author of a book on the personalization of the museum, and I am a full human being, speaking to you from the South Bronx. Uh, this is to remind our listeners that we practice a form of what we like to call intellectual intimacy, which is figuring out things out loud and together. Um, and today we're nominally concluding our conversation on comedy. Um, and uh, our podcast is going to be a little bit shorter today than usual, just because there are a number of time constraints. Um, but, I, you know, on this, since we're, you know, intellectual intimacy is is at the heart of what we do. Um, you know, one of the things we, we talked a bit before and um, each of us has, you know, particular things going on in their lives and Steve is dealing with a cold and we were talking about, you know, just how that sort of pulls everything into it for him when he gets sick, you know, every mm-hmm. sort of the outlook, the outlook on his life um, shifts when he gets sick. And, and that really resonated with me. It's mm-hmm. the same for me, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, everything takes on a slightly different hue. Vibration, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, vibration. <laughs> so, um, and I thought, you know, that is exactly, you know, what comedy is, right? Is is it's just, it's it's that shift on a point of view. Mm. Um, and that, that sort of lateral movement mm. that takes something mm-hmm. uh, potentially or in reality entirely fucked up just completely wrecked um and in reality nothing funny about it mm-hmm. and can take something even as awful and terrible as suicide or as awful and terrible mm-hmm. as cancer or awful and terrible as the holocaust even or the history or, of racism or yeah I'm white sorry. supremacy right. yeah white supremacy yeah uh and make it funny right. and, and that's that's a great thing oh yeah because because what the hell else are you going to do? So uh, I want to jump in and say, I think that's very true for the clips that pertain to uh, Travis and I. I think that Louis C.K., Jim Jeffries, Patrice O'Neill definitely slot into that. They do that kind of, they shift the focus a little bit to take something that is really hella messed up. Mm-hmm. And make it funny. But I think Maria Bramford does something slightly different. I think she takes something mm. that's just quotidian and she makes it weird. She's like, she, she queers it. Like, mm. uh, that's, mm. that's, I think, the difference. And I was thinking about this yesterday, mm-hmm. um, about uh, the clips that we presented to each other and to our audience. How, of course, given who we are, they were, at some deep level, really political. Except, I think, for Maria mm. Bamford. And I, and I think this just actually tells me something about Stephen, which I sort of grokked, and, and, but I'm more clear on now, that Stephen really appreciates this sort of, the weirdness of the world. Like, the, the, the things that don't mm. quite fit in, that, mm. uh, that, 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 that 
It's it's the kid, mm. you know, the the kid in kindergarten who has like the square peg, and he's got the round hole, and he's just banging it. He's just banging, trying to get it in, mm. <laughs> and it's not happening. But he's like, so God, I, by I, God, I, golly, he is not giving up. Like it's not. Uh, so I so I appreciate. I I was with you all the way till the end when you made Steven sound like a totally crazy person. <laughs> no, that is just, that's pretty much, I'm okay with that. I'm completely okay with it. I, I know, think, I didn't see Steve shaking his head. <laughs> mm, that's true, no, because it's funny because I appreciate the weird things. I also appreciate the dark, weird things. Right. You know, right. things that, um, like the, I was thinking about what you said earlier about the political and just thinking about how, well, there's a piece that Maria has, uh, Maria Bamford has on this is not happening. Right. And as it starts, you know, she's going, you know, I'm in county slippers that are not my own. You tell her where the fuck you want. And right. then she goes on to talk <laughs> yeah. in another clip about how you you get in and it, they'll get you in, but you got to pay to leave. Right. And so we're talking about mm-hmm. a medical system that re- is really broken and has been broken right. for a while. Right. That, um, that I like about the way that she, her politics are very subtle. Mm-hmm. They're very, very subtle. Mm-hmm. They're not in your face um, about how she sees the world, but also how we treat each other, right. you know? And so I right. love that. But I, earlier on, I was thinking about how humor in my childhood, like, I don't know if you guys watched Carol Burnett as a kid. I did. Yeah. yeah I mean, I loved yeah, yeah, Carol yeah. Burnett. I remember yeah. how I love watching them break. You know, mm-hmm. just watching them have a good time doing it—it mm-hmm. it means mm-hmm. a lot to me. It's it, it it permeates a lot of parts of my life. I love seeing people dance. It doesn't matter how good or bad they dance; it's, it's irrelevant. If they're smiling and laughing, I'm totally—I am so bringing mm. potato salad to that particular party. No problem. <laughs> We're good. We're good. You know. I, and I so remember. the very last. Hmm? No, no, please go. No, no, please go. No, just saying, and briefly, um, or, or just to wrap up, that I really enjoy humor that allows more people in, right? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. mind darkness because I feel like I, I get the darkness for my dark humor for my friends, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. know, in hushed tones or behind closed doors, mm-hmm. when it's out in the open, then I'm like, yeah, okay, let's all let's all talk about this because mm-hmm. it feels yeah. it feels cathartic. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the way that I think. So it's that weird square peg, round hole way that I think the world actually operates versus the one we're trying to force on people. That has yeah. been my clown in the church thing forever. So, Well, yeah. this is the thing that I, I appreciate about you and I, and I think is similar to uh, my inter- – or comes to the surface in my interactions with our mutual friend, Damien mm-hmm. Mingus. Mm-hmm. He will He will – acknowledge those things that are actually where we live. Like, like here's a real quotidian example. Like, mm-hmm. you do that thing where you're walking in one direction, persons are walking in the opposite direction. You both try to shift left. You both try to shift at the same, at the you know, the, mm-hmm. the corresponding direction. So you end up doing this little dance, right? Mm-hmm. I know up until a certain point in my life that I was never ready to just sort of look in a per- look the person in the eye and just sort of acknowledge that oh this is, we're doing this silly thing this is crazy let's stop doing it uh, or uh, oh, okay. wasn't that fun where Mingus will be the first person to be like um, do something cute to like acknowledge it to just right. say you know mm-hmm. thank you for this dance or like you know whatever it is. Yeah. And I think that's what you're talking about. And I think that it's taken me a long time to get to the point where 
mm-hmm. I'm comfortable enough in my own skin to just do that to like to to like recognize mm-hmm. where we where we as human beings actually live. Like we mm-hmm. live in that we live in that absurdity. Like that absurdity yeah. is is the sort of measure in some ways of our entire lives. Like most of our lives are just absurd. I mean, they're just mm-hmm. ridiculous. So I think that that is also part of the the through line to all the com- comedy clips and to all the comedians and all the kind of humor mm-hmm. that all three of us really appreciate. You know, one of the I, that's all I agree with all of that, Seth and Stephen. I was going to say that you talked about Carol Burnett. The thing I remember is like Tim Conway just like coming out onto stage and already breaking down laughing, like being able, not mm-hmm. even really being able to get through his bits or whatever. So I, I have very mm-hmm. fond oh, memories of that absolutely. as a kid. Um, it, you know, what is it, you know, it, it reminds me, uh, what does it say about us, though, as we lose our sense of humor as a culture? You know, it started mm-hmm. out, you know, it started out that it was, you know, white males couldn't make certain kinds of jokes. And so, okay, uh, okay all right, we can certainly, there's a lot going on there. And maybe you, you know, grant a reasonable degree of sensitivity around what can be said by a white male performer, white hetero male performers. Okay, fine. But it's moved well beyond that now. I mean, it's, it's now not only white hetero males who Mm -hmm. Cannot make certain kinds of jokes. It's also now moved into uh, like Dave Chappelle and stuff. So even even people who are not recognized as kind of the central pillars of mm-hmm. a Euro American identity um, are just torn to shreds um, on social media, at least um, by their effort to move laterally and make something funny um, mm-hmm. and. I I really – I don't tend to get hypoplectic about cultural moments um, because they come and go so quickly. Absolutely. Right? I mean, you know, yeah. what's, you know, it was for a couple of years. People are obsessed with this and then you know, they're on to something else. Yeah. But, but cultures do reach fever pitches at times and um, there are dramatic and real historical consequences to those. I mean, there have been a number of moments of certain kinds of religious enthusiasm or religious fervor in the history of the West mm-hmm. um, that have led to some some fairly uh, terrible outcomes. So my, my question mm-hmm. to both of you is, do you feel like this is just a moment in this sort of like hypersensitivity to comedy and to uh, acceptable forms of humor, or do you feel that the pressure cooker is continuing to build um, towards, you know, whatever end? Well, I mean, so when you were talking, I was, I've, I've been having these conversations with people for a while now about what's acceptable and what's not. And I'm like, tell the joke anyway, and see where it lands. Because the, what you said about, you know, the moment, the moment here, I feel that the joke itself, like humor is not supposed to be policed. Humor is supposed to liberate, humor is supposed to kind of draw some, isn't this ridiculous? 
kind of component to it. And with the Dave Chappelle, yeah. I've argued with a couple friends, or discussed it with a couple friends, where I see Dave Chappelle coming out of a Moms Maybelline, Red Fox kind of tradition. Um, absolutely. And yes, that absolutely. There's a joke within the joke within the joke. And so if you t- take a look at the top layer and you're offended, you're not getting that he might be making a joke about the joke about the joke. Right. And mm-hmm. so I, I'm, I'm just against policing humor. I don't care if it's even against yeah. me, so to speak. If I get offended, I get offended. Yeah. But so what? I'll get over it. I'm supposed to be an adult, right? So fuck it. I mean, right. I do think it's a moment, but it's hard for me to look ahead. And it's hard for me to parse. Um, I know that there's cruel humor that's meant to hurt people, you know, mm-hmm. and I have a problem with that. But that feels differently from the humor that's being attacked now as anti this and anti that without it really sometimes even being pulled out of context. So that's my gob, my toss at it. (laughs) I do think that what's happening is uh, two sort of countervailing uh, movements at the same time. So on the one hand, you do, we do, there is an effort, definitely, there is a, a cultural zeitgeist of, uh, policing each other, mm-hmm. period. Just mm-hmm. policing speech behavior uh, and and policing p- speech and behavior in terms of whether it conforms to a particular set of politics. Right. At the same mm-hmm. time, there's this uh, retrograde motion um, towards a kind of patriarchal white supremacist view of the world, right? Absolutely. So, so you yeah. have people marching in various cities, um, Charlottesville immediately comes to mind uh, with white heterosexual men basically saying you won't replace us, like which means it's, um, a couple of different things. But I don't want to take up too much time at this point. But it's a, but it, one of the things it means is that you will not replace us as the head of the social order. Mm-hmm. That, that our values. Yeah, and the, I think that's exactly what they mean. Well, right. But they also, <laughs> but they also mean something else. Like, that's I mean, they're, re, they're referring to like this whole grand replacement theory thing. Anyway, um, uh, uh, which is more about demographic replacement. But so, the, so both things are happening at the same time, and it may be that both movements are informing each other and driving each other. So you know, it makes me think. Well, what what is that? What is that scientific conundrum? What happens when an immovable, uh, an unstoppable force hits an immovable object? Like, I, I mean, there's there's, a, there's some kind of. I think I don't want to be Nostradamus-y about it, but there's some <laughs> kind of coming conflagration. I mean, at some point, these these countervailing forces are going to come to a head. So I mean, I for me, you know, my part, I. I I just don't, I don't trust any of it at, at mm. this moment anymore. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't trust, I don't trust the, the numbers or the intensity or the danger of either group. Yeah. Um, mm. and, and not to, not to say that I disbelieve it. It's possible. I just don't tr- like, so, you know, these, you know, sort of ri- absurd, ridiculous, uh, white nationalist marches and these yeah. movements. Yeah. Like, I don't know how much of a threat that kind of white nationalism is. Right. Like, the kind of white nationalism that's a that's a real threat are you know the Donald Trumps things like that. I mean that that's a kind of white nationalism that has teeth. I mean real teeth, like you know 
cutting food stamps teeth and yeah, yeah. taking away your medical policy. care teeth. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the real... Th- yeah. This other stuff, you know, and, and even on the other side, like, I don't know how many people actually really do get that upset by Dave Chappelle or Louis C.K. I mean, it's on social media. It gets, you know, 10,000 likes or whatever, but... That doesn't, I don't, the average person I talk to, not that I go around talking to a bunch of average people, whatever that means, but <laughs> in, 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 in conversations that I have with people, do not occupy either one of those extreme positions. Although what I just said is a total and complete lie that I cannot qualify on. I, I actually have family members that actually occupy both extremes. So uh, it literally okay. both extremes. So so I retract what I just said. Yeah. Actually, so yeah, thinking exactly. things out loud. Yeah. yeah. So I actually, I'm you know, glad, what? I'm, glad that you, I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually. I'm glad wrong. that you said so. that because I was because I just flashed on thinking about your in laws, Travis, and I was thinking, yeah, that's ooh, that's um, that's a tough road to hoe. <laughs> that my m- can we just say, just in case my in-laws who i love very much right <laughs> um but so, can, uh, right but yes. and i won't say yeah. what i was going to say behind that so let me say something briefly about that so i think the it's con- there's a conflation with parts of society being equal to others and different mm-hmm. groups being equal to mm-hmm. others so some people can't tell jokes about disadvantaged people but they can tell jokes about the privileged people right and that mm-hmm. those areas are the ones where people, I think, are um, not comfortable with. And so, no, you can't do this, but you can do this. I'm not totally comfortable with that with that idea. I feel like Bette mm-hmm. Miller, I was like, fuck them if they can't take a joke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But, that's, mm-hmm. but yeah. that can be taken as, obviously, you being disrespectful or whatever. But, or, but, or oppressive, right. Or oppressive. Mm-hmm. And I right. feel like we're not all coming to the table with the same amount of information or interest mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. engagement, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think if you're not engaged and you're mad about something, it's a po- the onus is upon you to go learn about what it is that you're mad about or what you're frustrated about. And fortunately, I'm around people who are really, really smart and have actually thought about these things and can link those things. And so, yeah, so I'm just thinking about it earlier, just like I I, I want humor, and I don't want to be told what I can laugh at and what I can't laugh at. Amen. And yeah. and that also, we're not policing. The, the powers that be, we're policing each other. So that's some bullshit. That's right. Mm-hmm. Right. We, which we mm-hmm. do not need to be doing. Uh, Again, like I want to go back to that story um, uh, of being in Toronto with my ex Maya and seeing a First Nations guy drunk in the middle of the day mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. saying something. I, I don't remember what I said, but I said something disparaging about his that is his situation. Maya tried to shush me. And I was like, Oof. What's he going to do? Cut me with his broken dreams? And I think it's still fucking funny. And when I told this joke to someone else I was dating later, she's like, how could you? That's horrible. Like, I'm like... Baby, I got. So you're, I got, you, you were dating Scarlett but, O'Hara, apparently. You were dating Scarlett yeah, O'Hara. Yeah, 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 a lot yeah, of pearl yeah, grabbing. Yeah, yeah, a lot of, man, a lot of, uh, <laughs> lots of pearl grabbing. <laughs> a lot of deep sighing and a lot but, of like chest heaving. But but, 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 I have broken dreams too. Is the point? It's like we come yeah. to humor, having had these experiences on some level, regardless of how we appear in the world, mm-hmm. male, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, gender expression, class expression. Uh, uh, ethnic, ethnicity, like we come to these things from a deeper place. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We're about 20 minutes now. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I was just about to say, uh, Stephen, do you want to do you want to take us out? Do you have anything you want to close? You were about to say something when uh, when we were talking about Seth. It's, just, it's just totally. Well, I was thinking about this idea of um, the person who is most offended probably finds it the most funniest, but wants mm. to appear mm. put on the facade that he or she or they are more, um, you know, a little bit more, you know, a little yeah. bit more socially. Um, Whatever the word sophisticated, is. Appropriate. that's the word. Yeah. You know, appropriate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so I'm like, uh, yeah. I don't trust that. I don't trust that. Well mannered, yes. right? Well mannered. Yeah. At the very least, a facade. So, yeah. I, yes. I question yeah. the facade. So yeah, yeah. Yes. that's it. Yeah. Um, all right, my friends. I will. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Cool. Later. Take care.